Aloha! Welcome to the Wahine Collective's podcast, a safe platform where we amplify stories of empowerment. I'm your host, Sophia. Since 2017, the ladies of Mana Up, Brittany Hyde, and Melly James have helped Hawaii's rising entrepreneurs make their way in becoming global brands. In their six-month accelerator program, they offer local businesses the tools to build their brands to share the legacy of Hawaii worldwide. With over 51 local businesses that have graduated from the program, Mana Up has boosted Hawaii's economy by assisting in generating an estimated 325 jobs, $700,000 in annual exports, and a 31% year-over-year average economic growth rate. These inspirational wahine joined us for Girl Talk and spoke about the powerful impact of mentorship within their businesses as well as in their own lives. Aries Jackson, I am the founder of Wahine Co. And um, I love what we do here. We have guests and today's guest a very special people, Wahine, and they will introduce themselves. And uh, would you like to start, Melly? Great. Yeah. Thanks, Eric, for having us. I'm Melly James, co-founder of Mana Up, and super thrilled to be here. So, mahalo. Hi, I'm Brittany Hyde. I'm also co-founder of Mana Up, and excited to chat with you today. And thanks for having us. So, just like my mom said earlier, this is definitely more of like a sit down. I'm. I'm on the ground, more of like a girl chat. And we, I have been extensively, all three of us have been extensively asked, looking through the podcasts and interviews that you guys have done in the last few years. And first of all, I just want to say super inspiring. So thank you, um, especially for a girl who hasn't been home in a while. It was really great to see all that you guys have done um, back home in Hawaii. So really inspiring. I'm actually hoping I can go sometime this year if all, if all goes well. Um, but we wanted to kickstart with a quick icebreaker to, to, to get going before we go into the question portion of it. Um, so I'll start and then if you guys can do like a rapid fire of, uh, of the responses. So the first icebreaker question I had is favorite concert or least favorite concert and then favorite place to live besides Hawaii. Um, my, mine would be Casey Musgraves. I went to her concert like six months before uh, everything shut down and it was the first concert I went to alone and so it there's something about going to a concert by yourself and just dancing with a bunch of random strangers and she just has this great disco energy um, so that was really fun and then my favorite place to live besides Hawaii would have to be Brooklyn um, it was the longest place I lived after I left um, high school when I was 18 so it obviously really shaped me um, Millie do you want to go next yeah um, so I would say, I'm trying to think back, uh, my favorite concert would be uh, Seabury Corporation when they had their full band um, at the Greek in Berkeley. And they're just an incredible group um, that just with all their singers and all the musicians, like a 12 piece band on stage, you can't help but start dancing. And it was just such a great night, a, a really nice warm night um, in the Bay Area and uh, a very magical evening. So I'll, I, I think I'll always go to that one if, if someone asks me my favorite so far. Well, not, you never know, right? Yeah, uh, your favorite one could be around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say for 
my favorite city, not Hawaii. I lived in San Francisco for 11 years and just absolutely loved it. So I think I would have to say San Francisco. I would, it wouldn't be very fair otherwise. Um, but I will say the reason I moved to San Francisco is because I moved to Sydney, Australia, right after college. And everyone kept saying it was just like San Francisco. And that's actually how I moved there because I love Sydney too. So that would be the close second. Oh, fun. Yeah, really warm people. Um, and really a lot of fun on the water and just had an incredible time there too. Oh, that's a goal. Those are good I, answers. I went to school at USF. <laughs> I know you had like, we didn't, we didn't send these in advance. So you, you <laughs> um, awesome. All right, Brittany, do you want to go next? Yeah, I would say my favorite concert and I've, you know, there are so many that have been so fun, but I would say is Jason Mraz. I went to a concert in LA before you know, he was uh, more famous. And so it was a super intimate setting. He is just an incredible live singer. And I went with my best friends and we just had the best time ever. And then, you know, I went to concerts later when he was at the big halls and he still was amazing, but I just always think back to, you know, when you discover those talents really early on and you get those intimate experiences, it's so cool. Yeah, so I would say that would be my favorite concert. And then similar to Melly, my favorite city besides living here on Maui is definitely Washington, D.C. I lived there for almost 10 years uh, for law school. I was able to work at the White House. I started a company there. I made so many amazing friends and saw this whole just different side of D.C. of all these young people trying to make a difference in the world. And it was an amazing place to be. So that would be for me. I'm hoping to go to DC in a couple of weeks. We'll see. <laughs> Everyone who goes to DC after being in New York says, oh, this isn't a real city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that pretentious. <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to try and find the, uh, the cherry blossoms. There's oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah. But they're only in bloom like five days. So you oh, have to time it. it. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mom, do you want to go next? And then we'll end with Lena. Yes, um, I went to very limited concert, maybe because I've been living in Hawaii for 30 years, but uh, I did go to Jason Mraz though. That was nice. We all did, yeah. You too. That was the bomb. I loved it. I love every single song he sang. Bono was my high school crush. Um, and my favorite, um, place to live it's very hard because I know Hawaii it's also my favorite but I lived in many countries I would have to pick one so that would be if I could live actually I visited Turkey so I'm going to answer it Turkey Istanbul um, that was probably it's just such a unique place uh, because there's like you know across a you, you have that bridge connecting them between Asia and Europe and two different, you know, continent, but relatable, but also different. And the food is just amazing. So if you haven't uh, visited Istanbul, hopefully when it's safe that you guys can go visit Turkey, Istanbul one day. Yeah, I, I've been, I just absolutely love Istanbul. We actually, we brought my son when he was nine months old to Istanbul. <gasps> And I did not realize how much their culture is obsessed with children. Everywhere we went, people were holding him, loving him. I was like, this, this culture loves children. 
It was so cool. And he's a very social individual and even was so as a baby. So he loved it. He thought it was incredible. <laughs> hey, there's a tip for new moms out there, new parents, <laughs> the kids to Istanbul. <laughs> They're comfortable. I was a little bit like, okay, it's all these strangers talking to us, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> remember how long that flight was though, with kids? Oh, I can't even imagine. Um, for me, my favorite concert was uh, Lionel Richie in Hawaii. And it was actually because there's a lot of older people there. So I really didn't care how I was like dancing. I just stood up and danced and I was like, there's only older people here. <laughs> so that was fun. And um, my favorite place to live besides Hawaii has to be probably Hawaii because I've never lived anywhere else. But honestly, I really love Hawaii. I have, I love everything it has to offer. And that is why I love um, your, your guys' company because you're trying to build you're trying to build our economy. So thank you. We'll start off with the first question and maybe Brittany, you can start first. Um, so we both know you guys came together um, with so much experience already and knowledge before you started your company together, but we're interested to know what you guys learned from each other as co-founders. That's a great question. And you know, we both came to Mana Up with our own experiences and both positive and negative. And one thing that I've appreciated so much about working with Melly is that we, our personalities fit really nicely together. We complement each other's strengths. Um, but I think most importantly, we have really amazing communication. Mm. And there's nothing that I can't tell her or she can't tell me. Like we just have a very like honest and straightforward relationship, which, helps us so much with business because there's no other drama going on in the background. There's no other side things going on. You know, we really love working together. We really love each other and we love what we do. Um, and that makes our organization so much more impactful because we spend our time and energy on, you know, moving things forward, which is really exciting. I would say, you know, other, another lesson that I've learned from Melly is Melly is a great relationship builder. Um, she always sees the potential in other people and how different, you know, parts of the community fit into what we're doing. And that has made Mana up so much stronger. And so I've really appreciated that about her and, you know, learning that from her almost every day. There's some like new thing that's going on of that's exciting about how something plugs into what we're doing. So I love that. That's so cool. Thanks, Brittany. No, do you want to go next? <laughs> <laughs> um, so questions more around what I love about working with Brittany? Yes. All right. Or um, some lessons you've have? learned. <laughs> um, yes, and absolutely would echo what Brittany has shared. I mean, I think the key piece here is, is trust. Um, and we trust each other implicitly. And so it does, there's just so much, so little time in the day as is, and there's so many great things that are coming towards Mana Up and initiatives. So as we have that, that key trust, we can just continue to, to move forward and, and focus on that as opposed to there's just so much time wasted um, when, you, when you don't have that because there's all these other little things happening and dynamics. Um, and so I, I feel really lucky. Um, I will say that, just some great things I've learned from Brittany. Um, 
is really around, we can take a, a very complex idea or just a lot of ideas are coming our way. And Brittany can very like shoot right into exactly how it's going to get done. Um, and what is like, how do you operationalize it? Or actually, how do we create a system, a plan and a strategy um, that's really going to create that impact with the organization? Um, there, there are lots of ideas. There are lots of partnerships. There's lots of collaborations. But at the end of the day, we have to operationalize um, and make sure that um, one, we can execute. And that's part of that trust that we not only have with each other, but that we have with our community and our partners um, and be able to deliver uh, to our founders um, and to the community. So and that's, that's a huge piece that I really respect about, about Brittany um, being able to, to really slide it. I mean, she just whipped out a huge grant even just today um I think what was it Brittany you, you busted out 20 pages in four hours that honestly comes yeah. from her law school days <laughs> it does <laughs> I don't think I mean, my law school finals <laughs> yeah. wow that's crazy yeah. and yeah go ahead um yeah so that was um that I mean just that's just one example just even from today um and I think also one thing that I learned a lot from Brittany is she's always thinking bigger um, and, and really thinking about on a macro level. Um, and she's got, she's had such great experience in the mainland um, and being able to think in a systems way. Um, and how do we, as an industry, not think about things in silos and that how we could be collaborating with other industries and thinking bigger. Um, and I think she always challenges me and helps me to think bigger about how do we take things to the next level? Um, and that always makes it a lot more fun. So, just yeah, but I would also, things. I would also say that about you, Melly. <laughs> Maybe when I'm not thinking big, you, you are like, no, this is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I think it's really that collaboration. So like when you think about an idea or you think about people, you can be a person right here and you know, at this level and when you have a great partner and you have a great collaborator each idea grows upon the other one and that's where you can get into, even to higher heights and I don't think we would be able to get there without having these ideas we were able to bounce off each other and just continue to grow and build um, and make it even stronger so um so I guess we're both we're both in that boat and it, 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 it all works wow I think it that's like amazing that you guys both um just linked up together. I, I feel like it's kind of like dating, like how do you even meet the person that like you perfectly sync with, you know? So um, just quickly, like how, I mean, did you guys meet each other through um, school or um, or was it just random? <laughs> yeah, so when I moved here from Washington DC, my husband's from Maui and wanted to move home because we started having kids and always wanted to raise his family here. And I had been in venture capital in Washington, D.C. And so moving to Hawaii, I was like, okay, where are my people? You know, who, who else is doing venture capital in this ecosystem? Yeah. Uh, and so the venture capital industry is not big here. And Melly is president of the Hawaii Venture Capital Association. So it didn't take me long to meet her. <laughs> uh, so we ended up meeting at a holiday happy hour. And, you know, we, you know, just chatted. She... Uh, knew some people on Maui that she wanted to introduce me to. And that was uh, very much appreciated. Um, and so we would just, you know, see each other from time to time and we were friends. 
Um, but it actually wasn't until a mutual friend of ours suggested that we go into business with each other uh, that we started talking about Mana Up. So Melly, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, so um, we were ha- I was having lunch with with one of uh, a woman who lives on Maui and a mutual friend of Brittany's and mine, and she's like sharing you know sharing with her just some ideas and we're t- talking shop. She's like, you know, Melly, I really think you should partner with Brittany. I was like, why? I mean, that's kind of random, but why? She's like, well, we love you and you have a lot of great strengths, um, but there are some things you're not that good at, and Brittany is really strong in those areas. So, <laughs> and how she knew I was strong in those areas is uh, still blows me away that she was that insightful. <laughs> to, totally, to know that we yeah. Each other that way. Yeah, and it is that point of the complementary skill set. So you know, with with that in mind, the things that I hate doing, Brittany loves doing and is super good at, and it's vice versa. The things she hates doing, I really like doing and I'm good at. So it's an amazing amazing partnership where we're not both hoping that the other person does this, like this other part of the business and because we want to do this side um it, it really does work, <laughs> work nicely so um so we uh we, we got together um so you know we got together for lunch Brittany flew over to Oahu and we just started talking about challenges in Hawaii where there's opportunity um and really that that's how Mana Up was born was really looking at we each having our own experiences, me in San Francisco and sometime in Hawaii, Brittany in DC, and, and looking at, you know, where are Hawaii strengths? We're not a metropolitan hub. Uh, we do have to leverage regional strengths, competitive advantage around our particular locale that would make sense to double down on around resources, mentorship, access to capital that we wanted to focus our time on um, these types of entrepreneurs and these types of businesses that not that make sense to not only start here, but to stay here and thrive here. Um, and that's really how Mana Up was born, just through a lot of conversations and then just starting to test and talk to the community. That's awesome. I know you mentioned Happy Hour and I listened to a podcast that um, you were saying that everything magical happens during Happy Hour. So Wahine Co probably should have some more Happy Hours. <laughs> Yeah, I guess don't underestimate the power of networking and meeting people. (laughs) Yeah, people hate that word, but, you know, it's, you know, call it what you will, but, you know, there's nothing like just grabbing a drink with someone or food and that's where the conversation really cultivates and like you get more inspired, you know, as as much as I love a good conference room, going to happy hour, it's just like that's where the magic happens. Yeah, I want to also uh, said that something about, Melly, you mentioned this about guts, like listening to your gut. Um, during, if you do meet with other people, you kind of listen like to your gut, like, oh, I could totally, you know, I could see so much potential in this person and your gut will say, this is going to be a good relationship. I, I do that sometimes too, like, but my gut always say yes to everyone. I just like want to collab with everyone. And that's hard for me because I just love to connect with people. I think my weakness is, is like, how many happy hours should I go to? <laughs> but yeah, so thanks. Oh, wow. What a story. Yeah, that's great. And so you guys have actually been virtually working together before COVID is unless Brittany, sometimes you go to Oahu. Yeah. Yeah. I used to fly over to Oahu two days a week. Oh, okay. Which That's was cool. perfect. I would have three days where I could be on the computer and 
have deep work time and get all the things done. And then I'd have two days where Melly and I would just go from meeting to meeting to meeting and seeing people and, you know, doing all of our collaborations that way, our cohort workshops. So I miss it. I was over on Oahu this week because um, we had some things to do. And I was walking down the hallway to our office and I was just like, dang, I miss this. I miss coming over and being with the team and, you know, having all those in-person interactions that we used to take for granted, I guess. Yeah, we've been coming in on Tuesdays and Thursdays into the office as, as, a, as a whole team. Um, so it's been nice. And Brittany, we got our inner island passport soon. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be nice. So our whole, um, also you mentioned mentorship uh, quite often. And this is uh, a podcast about mentorship. I I think this is going to be very interesting from our perspective, how we're going to um, try to find out more about the um, different things of mentorship. And this is going to be a little bit more, as Tatiana going to ask you, a, a different perspective of mentorship. And by the way, I love the part of mentorship in Mana Up. I think that's so great. Yeah. And on um, just on a personal level too, I've been just looking for a mentor in my life, but I think something that I've just been learning late, learning lately is it's a lot of, it's a lot of natural um, serendipitous situations or thinking about, like we said, networking. So we, we actually did a mentorship podcast a couple of weeks ago. So we kind of wanted this podcast that's coming out in a week or so to be more about like unique influences and like how you find inspiration. Um, so definitely keep that in mind as you're answering them. So the next question we have is, has there been someone who has unintentionally become a big influence in your life? So, you know, maybe you didn't formally ask them to become one and they, you realize one day you had an epiphany, like, oh, actually they have taught me a lot. Um, I feel like one of mine is a roommate that I had in New York, we ended up just living together because, you know, we needed someone to fill up the lease and we, we were good, but we were acquaintances, but not really good friends. And then now we've been friends for almost seven years and she's taught me so much. Um, but has there been anyone that you've kind of just stumbled or even just met one day and kind of changed your path? Well, I, I'll just kind of start this and say, unintentional influences are sometimes negative. Um, and what I mean by that is you have failures, you work with people who, you know, maybe it doesn't work out, you know, that, you know, I feel like unintentionally those become a big part of your story and what you learn, um, which if you look at it all in a positive light, those experiences are great because it teaches you what not to do, or maybe something to do differently the mm -hmm. next time around. So, um, you know, I would say I, I learned a lot through, you know, just various work experiences that I've had on how to manage relationships, how to hire, um, how to work with someone. And, you know, Melly has had the same, even down to, you know, when we became business partners, you know, we had known each other for, you know, six or eight months, but, you know, when we put our operating agreement together and all that, in a place, you know, we had vesting on our shares. We had, you know, all sorts of protections in place so that if it didn't work out between me and her, it was, you know, we felt like it was fair. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say that in a weird way is 
one of the more unintentional influences on my professional career. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to give you a, a, a couple more minutes, to think of, um, you know, your unintentional influence, Melly. The other thing I would say is, you know, a lot of, you know, there's this concept of mentorship of you've got this one mentor in your life that's guiding your path. And I just have not found that to be true. I have had a lot of different people in my life who I consider mentors, but there's not like the one singular person I go to for every kind of business topic or every type of type of personal topic. So I think that's important. I've never, I mean, we have our advisors with Mana Up, but I've never like formally ever asked anyone, Hey, can you be my mentor? (laughs) Um, But they've naturally become mentoring influences in my life. And so I think that's important to think about as you go through your career is, it doesn't have to be this formal mentor. It can be someone you chat with once a year, once every three years. I mean, there can be a lot of different values that you take away from people like that in your life. Yeah. And also to add to that, it's not, it isn't just this kind of one-on-one or that they're your official mentor. There's a lot that you can learn from people um, that it's more what you observe about how they handle situations. Mm-hmm. Um, or even w- whether it be a boss or someone that you're, you know, in a larger networking event. And just those tend to be people that I, I gravitate towards are people that I've noticed even for, for a while that I, I, I like the way that they've handled themselves, that they approach situations, um, whether it even is what I've observed from afar. Um, so I, I have, you know, certain people I think of, even when things are happening in my own life, I say like, what would this person do? Or what would that person do? Um, and those are sometimes kind of guiding, guiding um, pieces that, that I think you're never going to know when something's going to pop up. And at, at that point, at the end of the day, it, it really is like the buck stops with you. How are you going to make that quick decision or create that strategy um, that, that really is coming from a lot of different, a lot of different um, uh, influences? But I would say it, it has been interesting for, for Brittany and me, or even just myself, around, you know, being in this position, and not to say we're mentors to all of our companies, a big part of our job is, is creating a mentor network and an arsenal of people who really believe in the initiative, really believe in the entrepreneurs, and have that areas of expertise um, that may be not relevant to us right now or super relevant, but it's about creating this, this, this larger network that, that really can be available and wants to be um, for, for, the, for, for greater Mana Up. That's interesting. So you mentioned uh, because of their skills and, and you matched them with another entrepreneur that they could help with. And is, is that how you guys provide the mentors based on this, the needs and the skills that the other person or the other company can provide? One area that Mana Up has focused on is this consumer brands industry and and consumer packaged goods. And so that has allowed us to focus on mentors that are necessary um, or, yeah, or just foundational for the industry itself. And so we have, you know, various people that we know are, great to advise on how to work with retailers. They're great to advise on how to grow your e-commerce business, things like that. So there's that whole category of mentors. But then what we also do with the companies when they join Mana Up is we set 
goals with them and say, what are the three to five goals you want to accomplish during your time at Mana Up? And that allows us one to understand their focus and what they want out of their business. Um, but it also allows us to match resources to actual need. And right. sometimes we won't, we wouldn't have been thinking about an area and, you know, we hear the same recurring need from all the businesses. And then we say, okay, great. Now we know where we need to recruit mentors. So there's kind of the pre-architecting knowing that there's definitely going to be certain areas that mentorship is needed, but then there's also the listening and learning and responding to what the entrepreneurs say. That's great. I started a business in, um, 1999 right before the 2000 and it's a, a clothing apparel uh, business that uh, use the authentic material from different southeast asia but it has to be produced here but the looks of it is like southeast asian but it was supposed to prada porte and i remember i was only 28 a single mom i had no idea what it I'm doing. I just love, I knew I love this, but I had no, no one to help me. I mean, I remember this SBA loan officer and between CPB and SBA, you know, what, how can we market this? What does this mean? Like, I just love it. We have the products, but how to market it? How do we get financing? Um, and we, we, we didn't make it. I think there was different re- def- definitely def- different reasons, but I, I wish that you guys existed at that time in 98, 99. Um, but yes. So with that, you know, what, what are the boundaries that you can create or, or are they boundaries that you created when, um, you know, these entrepreneurs come in into Mana Up and there's a relationship between their, the mentors and the businesses? I would say um, in terms of boundaries, so we do have criteria for companies that apply. And then so companies do apply to come into the program. We actually had record-breaking numbers this year, which is really incredible to see. We had about 131 applications um, for 10 spots. And so that, one, that's just so incredible to see just coming out of the pandemic, just how many companies had been started, had been thriving, and are continuing to move forward. But I would say, to your point earlier, you know, entrepreneurship is very lonely. Um, and, and that, there, you know, there's only so many, so much time and resources and like decision-making and money. And so how can we be filling in those gaps around these mentors and resources and, and just vetting these service providers that, that these entrepreneurs are working with, or even um, developing out those trusted mentor networks or trusted service providers that can help solve these challenges. So in terms of boundaries, you know, we do have a very clear program. We have our workshops that are, you know, either once a week if it's in person or twice a week if it's on Zoom. And we're covering a lot of specific content, whether that be digital marketing or other areas that, you know, everybody could get get help with. Um, And then the curated mentor network is really based on their particular needs, as Brittany mentioned earlier. So we may be introducing mentors to the companies that are totally different from a mentor we're introducing to another company within the same cohort. but a lot of the, the, great, the great mentorship also comes out of each other and their collaborations and asking each other questions because an entrepreneur who's just gone through something six months ago, as opposed to a mentor that may have gone through that same thing 10 years ago, may be so much more relevant um, for what they're going through today. 
And so sometimes, you know, we're really just get out of the way and they all just are working with each other. Everyone has different areas of expertise. Um, but in terms of us, I mean, I would say this is kind of an interesting question. I don't know, Brittany, if we've ever like had pushback saying you can't ask. You know, I, I would say almost the exact opposite, which <laughs> is we want the companies to take more advantage of the mentors. <laughs> You know, I don't think that we've had a situation in which we're like, whoa, you emailed them too many times, <laughs> you know, um, because we've got a lot of mentors and uh, amazingly, they have time in their schedules to work with our entrepreneurs, but our entrepreneurs are the ones that are, you know, so busy trying to, you know, run these businesses with often, you know, small staffs. So they're more packed for time sometimes than the mentors are. Um, and I would almost say that I want them to take more advantage of the people who are in our network. And I always love when they do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think even with our, our alumni program, so now we have 51 companies that have graduated from Mana Up, um, and then we're about to announce our next cohort. You know, we've got this really robust program as we continue to support them and we want them to be reaching out to us um, and asking for help. There's new challenges coming up as they grow. Um, that may be totally different than the, you know, the bottleneck or areas that they were focusing on during the actual intensive program. Yes, there's a lot of success they owe to what you guys started. And obviously with the connections and collaborations, that is amazing. I think we needed this. You, you were created, Manab was created at the right timing. The timing was wonderful. It's so helpful. And I do want to talk about timing. You know, Wahini Co. Two was created during the pandemic um, because we needed the a platform where I feel that some of the uh, younger generations would be able to speak, uh, especially the Wahini in Hawaii, to be able to speak out there, ex express themselves without judgment, and I, I want to hear both sides of the spectrum. And, uh, but we do want to, you know, one day create this into possibilities, maybe a business venture. And I did create my first business with my best friend um, and three businesses actually. Um, one is uh, a CPR training, which she still owns and the apparel and the third is medical billing uh, solutions. Um, but none of them, I'm part of that partnership with her anymore. Uh, we did co-found them together, but it's really hard to start a business with family. So uh, my daughter is in here with Wahiniko. What would you say about starting a venture, a business venture together with close friends or family members? What would you advise us? I would say that thinking about all of the things that can go wrong up front is smart because then you put things into place that can solve those problems. So like I was mentioning earlier, when Melly and I went into business together, you know, in our operating agreement, we have vesting of shares, which means that if someone decides to leave or it doesn't work out or whatever, that that person doesn't leave with half the business and the other person, you know, is continuing to operate at only owning half the business type of thing. So, you know, I think putting vesting into place makes sense. Having a strong operating agreement that 
you know, looks into how you're going to handle different kinds of problems. But I also think just a, an understanding and a communication with whoever you're going into business with of where your roles are. So like with Melly and I, our communication style is very similar, which is good. We're both very direct individuals and in how we communicate with each other. We both handle conflict in a very similar way. And we both can have an, an argument about something without it like turning into something else, you know? Um, so, you know, I really appreciate that, that we're able to handle differing points of view that we may have on certain things in a very healthy way. Um, but I think that that's a really important thing to talk about and think about with a best friend or a family member or whoever who might, you might go into business with, as well as where your role is. Like Melly and I are very clear on where her role is, where my role is, and where we may overlap. Mm -hmm. um, and where I've seen more problems is when that is not clear. Yeah. Um, Brittany's point about clear roles, you know, you, you, you wouldn't want to start a business with people or someone just because you like hanging out with them. <laughs> that would be the, you know, you want to make sure that you're starting it with someone who, who, who it makes sense to um, and can fill, fill the gaps and make sure you have complementary skill sets. Um, I mean, I think we've, we've, Brittany and I have both seen many failures happen, you know, when that communication isn't there and someone's not pulling their weight. So how do you, how do you design and build for success and also for total failure? Because if you're just kind of trickling along, nobody really cares. Um, so I think that's just really important as, as you're thinking about that. Um, you know, it is, it, and many times like your, your co-founder really is, you're spending as much time if not more than like yourself. <laughs> so, um, I, I think there was like a test that someone had shared with me a while back. Like if you were at a mall and you saw that person like there, do you want to run towards them or kind of take that quick left so that, you know, oh they don't see you. If you ever have that feeling with your co-founder, that is a huge red flag. <laughs> you should always want to like walk towards them, you know, um, and be excited to see them. That's, oh, that is That's so funny. funny. If you're at the Hall of Mall and you see someone right by Starbucks, are you going to go left <laughs> to the theater or turn back around to Long's? Exactly. I love that because it's really true, you know? Yeah. I think it's hard. I mean, just speaking now, not from our own personal experience, but also looking at the companies we've worked with and family-owned businesses, again, that communication of roles and responsibilities and having a clear I don't want to say hierarchy, but at least decision-making process um, right. is super important as well as, you know, sometimes people go into business and from the outset, their expectations are not met of maybe they don't own enough of the business. Maybe they don't like their title. Maybe they don't, you know, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why someone may not be satisfied with their role within their company. And I think, you know, when you go into business, you have to know yourself too and understand what do I need to feel good um, in this business working with this person? Right. There's definitely a lot of, of that understanding of, of uh, roles and also communication and have that set documents early on 
um, like the operational agreement and operating agreement or partnership agreement. So you guys have shown that co-founders can work together. So um, that, that's an inspiration in itself. So we wanna see a lot more of you, Melly and Brittany working together and um, we wanna follow your footsteps. And oh. see more success. That's super inspiring. And it's just interesting because it's all about, you know, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. This is all pertains to wherever someone works. You could be working in a hospital, you could be working in school. It's all about working styles with, with those you work alongside and like really respecting each other. So I just love how applicable, applicable this is to, to everyone listening, hopefully. Okay, so we're right up at time. This last question is sort of fun. Um, hopefully um, it makes sense. So this, I'm a big instant gratification person, which is the impetus of this question. Um, is there anything, this is kind of related to like the TikTok and Reels um, lifestyle, but is there, is there a life hack that you always share with a new, with a new mentee or that you've learned from someone for example, lately I've been, I've always been like writing down three things about someone after, right after I meet them so that it's fresh in my memory. Is there always like one thing that you make sure that someone takes away with them? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now, but I, I'm, I'll come up with something. <laughs> it's kind of a tough question. No well, I, I think a life hack. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, One thing that's really helped me is week planning. Um, so, you know, I've got so much going on with Mana Up and kids and all that sort of stuff. I mean, just in general, all of us do. And what really helps me is on Sunday night, having some quiet time to think about my week. What does the week look like? What do I need to accomplish this week? And really being intentional about how I spend my time. Oftentimes, and, and Melly knows this, I'll send it slacks on Monday morning asking to rearrange certain meetings or something like that because I've realized, like for example, for example, we applied for this grant. I was like, there's no way I'm getting this done if I have these three meetings. So we've got to shift those to the end of the week. Yep. Um, and so just really thinking about how you organize your time, how you get that ability to do deep work um, and actually accomplish things is super important. Sunday night I would ritual. say, yeah, Brittany's got her Sunday night ritual. Um, for me, um, I would say my, my morning is, is really important to me. Um, and that's really the only time of day that I have some control over as I, I tend to be at a lot more of like our networking events um, and in the community more on Oahu. Um, so that could be almost like an every night thing. <laughs> Um, so, so it's really important for me and, and I really kind of established my ritual, which is, which is every morning I've been getting up earlier. Um, I do a short meditation. Um, I actually now feed my chickens in the morning, which is part of my relaxation and just watching them just be ridiculous, which is kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of a stress reliever. It's like a reality <laughs> show. <laughs> Totally. It's ridiculous. If anybody actually watched me in the morning, just cruising around watching my chickens and picking them up. And anyway, um, but it, it, it's just that kind of like that soft time and that um, relaxed 
time that it helps me move into the day. Uh, because otherwise, and that this was kind of a point where I was, I would not say burnout in any way, but it was just go, go, go. I mean, because I was, I would be waking up as the latest I could to, to get into the shower and then be off to a meeting. I, I am just envisioning the chicken, you know, and feeling together in the morning. Uh, definitely a fun one to watch. Um, we'll, we'll, we are coming up to an end, but we do want to ask you, Brittany, um, would you want to share anything that you'd like to have uh, our listeners to get to know you more or your products uh, or just anything that you want us uh, or you want our listeners to know more about Mana Up or House of Mana Up? I do love the current promotion which is the mother's day apron apron and um i can't stop looking at it because i want one you know hint, what hint it's hint. No, hint. Hint. tatiana <laughs> i mean everything so um yeah anything that you'd like to share i i would say that community really underlies the mission of Mana Up and how do we grow and support our local community? Um, because we feel like in the context of entrepreneurship, the more that we invest in our entrepreneurs, the more they invest in their employees and their community. And it becomes this reinforcing cycle for the good. So I would just say, you know, think about where that is in your own life, because I think we can all be investing in our own communities and relationships and it has such positive benefits in the long run. Uh, and secondly, of course, we have to mention House of Mana Up, and that's where we have all of our local entrepreneurs featured in their products. Uh, so there's really special stories. Uh, we have, you know, videos and narrative all around how these companies have ingredients and culture and all sorts of amazing uh, connections from their childhood or their sense of place in their products. So definitely check that out. And we have great promotions for Mother's Day and other holidays. So we'd love to yeah we'd love to see you there and um house of mana up always have new products every so often so you, you we always have to go to their website and check it out uh, or check out their yep. store or, or subscribe to our email list uh so we do emails about once a week with all the new things that's in store uh whether it's new companies or whether it's new product from the entrepreneurs that are in the portfolio already so it's always very exciting um, I told Tatiana if she gets ever, you know, gets back to Hawaii uh, and visit us one day, you just go there and you can just buy all the omiyagi for everybody. And I know that's probably your idea behind this. You don't have to go anywhere. You just like every everything that you need is right there. You know, I know sometimes tourists probably go there, but local people should definitely go there and uh, take a look. It's it's fun. And Melly, you're back. So we want to hear anything, our, your last minute sharing, anything you'd like to promote or share to our listeners. Well, I'm just so thrilled that you that you ladies started this um, during the pandemic. I think we all feel, we all don't get to share our stories enough and connect and you never know where, you, where you're going to learn little. I always learn, I'm a big believer in kind of that kind of random learning. Like you don't have to have this, specific place that you're going to to get insight like just staying connected and being engaged um I actually now 
rarely listen to the radio. I'm always listening to podcasts and always gleaning different tidbits and things that I think are really interesting. Um, so I'm just so happy that that you folks launched this and we're able to share more and, and us women are able to share more of these kind of fun talk story. It doesn't always have to be so serious um, in different ways that we can we can even stay connected when we can't always be in person. So thank you. Oh, mahalo. Thank you for thank you. your wonderful present and definitely next time, happy hour on Wahini Coast. Thank you guys. <laughs> there we go.